Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. I am currently in Mexico, um, taking some time out before the touring starts again. And uh, I, a couple of weeks ago, I sat down with Luke and Katie from Elder Island. Uh, they're a band from Bristol, or they're based out of Bristol. Uh, amazing. It's just, they're just an amazing band. absolutely love their music. It's very, like, chill, electronica amazing songs amazing lyrics um amazing voices as well and amazing musicians so i sat down with uh kate and luke from the band and just kind of spoke about everything that they do um i i can't wait to hear if you enjoy this podcast i love the conversation so without further ado elder island we're, we're live how's it going guys Hi. <laughs> Hello, yeah, good, thank you, man. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. I'm actually really tired today for some reason. And I don't know if it's this weather. It's like fucking just like... It's the weather, man. Yeah. Yeah. Luke came in today and you were complaining, weren't you? You were like, I could eat this air. Where are you? Are you guys in Bristol? We are, yeah. yeah. Whereabouts? Uh, St. Paul's, Montpellier. Okay, cool. Mm. Yeah, nice. I love uh, Bristol. It's pretty small and central, anyway, isn't it? Really, when you're when you're in the city. Yeah, I had lunch in uh, Werberg's this uh, this afternoon. Saint Werberg's. And where did you go? Some like Lebanese place. It's pretty good. Yarrows. Yeah. Yes, there. Yeah. 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 What did What did you have? We all kind of like ate a lot, and you know, like when you have this like massive lunch and you regret it. And you're just like, oh my god! But I had like an onion bhaji and some chicken pakora wrap, and then my mate also ordered some like halloumi fries, and I was like, why, dude? Why? <laughs> fries always a filler, yeah. and that'll be a tribute to your sleepiness right now. Exactly. Um, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Like, I love your music. Um, I love what you guys done. I've been like following you. Obviously, I'm good mates with Ross from years ago, and he's kind of been talking about you for a while and i like i don't know when he put me on to you i think it was like a while ago um and i love i love the music and i love the new album it's great um, no thank you for reposting it i think that's how i saw it was that how it came across well that's how i i kind of like knew your name and then mm. then yeah because you'd reposted it and i was like that's sweet. it's weird because we're like i'm not bristol but i've grown grown up around bristol um <laughs> And it's just like amazing how much good music comes from that city. But also like you guys have kind of 
it feels like you've kind of stepped out of the Bristol scene as of, I don't know, without sounding disrespectful, because this isn't disrespectful at all. It's kind of a compliment. But there's a lot of people in Bristol that start in Bristol and just stay in Bristol and kind of don't step out of the Bristol kind of click. And you guys have. Yeah, because it's kind of cozy. I guess I guess we're always fer- ferreting away on our own, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> yeah. We like to enjoy it in our like social lives, mm. but actually our ties to the Bristol scene is maybe a bit more kind of... We do, yeah. We're a bit separated, aren't we? Yeah. I'm exactly the same. Like, for me, it was like, I love the heritage of Bristol and I love what Bristol's about, but I just didn't want to get stuck in it. (laughs) I think that's what can happen. Say that again. How do you mean stuck in it? I think there's a lot of like, I don't know. It's this like, the Bristol scene is amazing. Mm. Um, But there's a lot of really really strong artists in Bristol that almost just kind of get don't leave the Bristol scene and kind of just get stuck in that Bristol and not saying that's a bad thing but I think if you want to make a full-time living out of being an artist you kind of have to spread your wings a little bit yeah like you say yeah step out I guess yeah but you guys have just announced a tour in America right yeah, we have as of yeah a few days ago. Tickets on sale on Friday. How's that all going? It's good. Like we, uh, well, there's been some trouble with the old visa because they've cancelled all embassy meetings. It's the worst, isn't it? Uber, and it's like what? <laughs> like, well, how do we get one? Yeah. So it's all a bit like edgy, but there's how, there's ways around it. How are you going to go about doing it? Are you doing the NIE right route? Yeah, NIE. So I guess you can't, that's why you kind of have to put the tickets first so then you can kind of prove Proof. that oh, i don't know it's an absolute nightmare <laughs> but the response is good you know oh, yeah. we had like we've had so many people be like hey why are you in this city or mm. like uh, i want to get tickets for new york and yeah. san francisco and loads of other bits which is really nice we're looking for i just can't wait to go back we had such fun yeah. on the last one when what because i think you guys were in san francisco when i was playing a show in san francisco i could be wrong but ross was there and i met ross for drinks and i think you guys were there oh uh, yeah this was like we, we were only there for one night so uh, yeah okay it would have been, been to play the show yeah um do you prefer touring over there oh in what way <laughs> oh. i don't know like do, do you have like a bigger fan base over there or we have a bigger fan base, yeah. Mm. Like as well, on Spotify, it statistically uh, says yeah. that it's like 51, yeah. 52% or something more uh, yeah. North America. They've got more people. Yeah, that they've got more people. <laughs> and that's the cool thing, you know, it's so spread out and everyone has, you know, very different but very similar vibes, you mm. know. It's, yeah. At least it is a nice spread, which yeah. is good. I, I think it's different wherever you play. It's always different. Mm. Even like when you do a Europe tour, like mm. it's different playing in like the Netherlands compared to playing in France compared to playing in Germany. Yeah. And like those differences are huge. And yeah, it's kind of the same in US mm. and even England, really. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, England depends like the more north you go, the harder, harder they party, really. And it's just kind yeah. of. Oh, you're not wrong, man. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good way of summing it up, actually. Yeah. We've had some wild. Uh, Glasgow. Yeah, yeah, I've never, I've never played in Glasgow, but all my mates that have, they're like, they're just fucking mental. It's amazing. Yeah, it's on another level. It's like Dublin, higher spectrum. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> I mean, but the Dubliners can. You know, oh, the Dubliners, they always, like, give, it always give it. What yeah. is it that they drink in Scotland? Is it? 
buck is it buck fast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is that shit? It's a fortified wine, is yeah. it or something? I'm pretty sure. What yeah. even does that mean? Does it mean it's just wine for hard people? It was made by the monks of Buckfast, right? It was, yes. That's the that's the their shtick, isn't it? That it was it was like I guess bootleg booze that the monks made. Yeah. Was it like brewed twice? I don't actually know. Does it taste any good? Have you tried it? Tried it, mm. uh, but I was hammered at the time. So Someone always pulls out the Buckfast when yeah. you're pissed already, and you're like, I don't need that. Right yeah, now. that's gonna just destroy all brain cells. But I'll have a cup. Yeah, I do but really want to. I do really want to do it over there. I really want to go to Glasgow. Um, and yeah. Definitely. I played. I played Saint Saint Andrews once, which was the most random show ever. Oh, it was what, like what? the golf course. Yeah, golf literally. Golf. No, literally. It was like Saint Andrews University, and they put me in a hotel on the golf course, or like just. And I was like, "What is it?" And it was like the weirdest show. I was like seventeen. It was like years ago, but I'm just like, this is the most random place to be having a rave. Because like St. Andrews is quite a high, high end university, if you know what I mean, like the Royals go there. So you're like, this is kind of interesting to see a load of really posh people just raving, but they love the rave. Right. <laughs> <laughs> where's where's like the most random place you play that you like where you get out and you're like, what, where are these people from? Inglefest. Inglefest. Do you remember? <laughs> where's that? It was like um, a festival put on by what, a, a guy, and it Josh was like a Ingle? Star- yeah, his name Josh so. Ingle. Did but he it know? was basically in his back garden. <laughs> yeah, and we'd been doing all these big festivals. That was the year like we played Boomtown. I can't yeah, remember. But yeah, so we played Boomtown, Boomtown, and then we turn up at this one. But we had the most incredible time. Like I don't completely not. <laughs> it was bad, but it was in his back garden, and his dad <laughs> drove our gear. <laughs> To where this little stage was in, like a track in, in a little yeah. lawnmower yeah, with, a, with trailer. a trailer on the back, <laughs> yeah. and we were like, "Okay." Do you remember, like the power <laughs> went off uh, halfway through the show because it, it it started raining, or it had rained before, and I don't know something. The fuses were outside, or it shorted like right in the middle of like dropping like bamboo or something. Yeah, and we were just like. <sighs> Great. Right. Uh, People are like running around. Ten minutes to turn all of our gear on, and uh, you know, like with NPCs, just like right, load up the. Oh no! Do you guys? I didn't know you played like electronically with all of that stuff as oh, well. Yeah, it's always been hardware, like. <laughs> to stay, but yeah, like make sure the loops are all empty. And <laughs> Do you ever use backing tracks? Uh, no. no, fully live. Yeah. That's fucking brave. Yeah, it, it's like, <laughs> way more enjoyable. Keeps you on the edge. Keeps you on your toes. Yeah, I guess it's a little bit more fun as well. Like when you're actually playing live, because there's so many people that just play backing tracks, um, yeah. and you're just like, "This is boring." I find that stressful because, like, you'd have to keep to it, mm. and you know, well, I suppose you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't be doing much, so you wouldn't have much to keep to it. But it's like yeah. you know, with us, if like someone's getting a loop in, and then. If you don't get it in, you're like looking at someone being like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> going, just buddy. keep going. And then you get it in and then yeah. you go in. Like, yeah, there's kind of a sort of, it's a bit more flexible. So, do you work with like loop pedals and shit like that as well? Loads of loopers, yeah. I need yeah. to come and see you guys play big it's time. Do yeah. it. We'll put you on the guest list. Yeah, yeah. when, well, I hope so. Now, now we're in, in, in America. When I'm in America, let's do it. Cause yeah. I live, I live over there most of the time. So, um, Whereabouts? Uh, Detroit. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. 
enough of an audience in Detroit. Spread the Which spread, dude, I spread, spread I spread the love. I spread the love in Detroit. We would love to do a show in Detroit. Like, that'd be sick. Nice, go to I just Detroit. like to go to Detroit. Yeah. As Man, you're always welcome. I've got a spare room. Come and stay. <laughs> yeah, I might take you up on that. Yeah, That's... It's very well. <laughs> it's, Detroit's an interesting place. It's like, obviously, you know, it's the history in Motown and techno and all of that and Motor City, but it's it's a very like blue collar city. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got like quite a lot of crime and a lot of poverty as well. So there's like, it's it's very mixed emotions detroit itself it's like a city that kind of was the the wealthiest city in america and then kind of just got left behind and went bankrupt i think it was the only city in america that went bankrupt um so like but now it's kind of like on the up and a few big businesses have like gone in and invested in downtown and things like and it's it's a cool city it's a really cool city and the music scene's like it's still a very small music scene like mm. people think obviously because of its history it's like unreal and like people are raving all the time and but there's only really like five really strong venues in in Detroit that everyone tours around um yeah. but it's cool you should definitely check it out yeah totally are you doing chicago yeah yeah just it's like a four and a half yeah. hour j- right drive from there it's just never on the like, we're always next show after uh, it's like yeah. we haven't had time ever to stay in uh chicago either no. side so far it's just like show move on to the next one or three in a row do you prefer touring like that where it's just stop start stop start um i mean obviously for the money we would yeah we have to do it yeah, but like yeah. if it were up to me i'd, I'd stay, stay a day yeah. <laughs> more Spread on all out. of them yeah i love when we have our days off yeah, it's, it's the be- that's the best part of touring. Yeah. It's like that's when you get to add in the oh side bit of travel. Yeah, want to do a hike? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the one thing that all of us, as kind of touring people, d- we never actually see the place that we're actually going to, and it's weird. And it's kind of like we all want love to travel, but never actually properly travel apart from getting on a plane. No, and it's like why don't we? I think COVID's helped, like made me realize that I need to do that. Yeah, a um, bit. last time we went as well, like the first half of the tour, uh, I just remember not thinking about it at all. I was just so focused mm. on doing the show, making sure that like I was tr- getting it right every yeah. night and just forgetting about what I was actually doing until like a friend of ours texted me when we were in Minneapolis and he was mm. like, you're going to Prince's house. And I just like totally forgot yeah. that um, that's where we were going because I was just so sucked into just us playing yeah, show, and travel, then, show, yeah. travel. and so um yeah i just remember going right booking tickets just like, <laughs> we are going to prince's house We've even got... the bus driver and yeah. it's like everybody we're going to prince's house <laughs> we are off like definitely so do you but, do you do you talk, do a tour bus we did this the first time we'd ever done it and it wasn't quite a bus it's a i don't know uh, what is it? A, a bandwagon. A bandwagon. It's so, an RV. Okay, an RV. Yeah, yeah. Like converted. Yeah. With little like <laughs> little tiny coffins. Yeah. Very bumpy. Yeah. It doesn't have the suspension, but it's, but it made it a such a big difference. <sighs> the first time we went to America, we just killed ourselves basically. Just by the end of driving. it, like, we just, yeah. By the end, like I lost my voice in I've, DC. It was, yeah. it was really bad. I've never been so ill. <laughs> yeah, we were just all like. but yeah but then the bandwagon revolutionized (laughs) everything it just means that you like wake up in this place and at least you have like 
a day or at least until like three when you sound checking so you can like wander around do you tour with like a team or is it just you guys that are just like setting everything up and doing all of that very small team especially america it's just us and our tour manager amazing it's a lot of work yeah, a lot, people, a lot. and I think this is the thing: is like, as me as a DJ, it's fucking easy for me to just rock up <laughs> with a USB stick. Literally, like, turn up with this in a pair of headphones, and I'm um, like cracking on. Yeah, I wish. That yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you're like doing like fully like instruments, NPCs, loop pedals. You're like, you're just causing extra stress, but <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> It's more fun, on, yeah, I guess on the on the day, but yeah, I wish we could maybe get get the load in a little bit yeah. down. On. <laughs> there's some heavy cases, and there's quite yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, I bet. Do you do you have like a sound? Is your tour manager like sound guy or girl? No, we've got a sound guy that does our like he's done Europe and UK, but we just couldn't afford to take him. Yeah. America. Some yeah. of the big shows we had a pal of our tour manager that came and did the shows, mm. but um, yeah, mostly we just trust the in-house in different yeah. places, which is hit and miss. But it's fine. <laughs> you meet you meet some good people. Yeah, yeah, but do you love it? Do you love touring? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think cause we haven't done it in a while. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you nervous? I because I'm fucking shit in my pants going back touring. Have yeah. you done any like little shows? I've refused to do any like live streams or anything like that. I'm just like, that's not what I do it for. But yeah, I'm kind of worried. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, absolutely fine. But it's that it's that first one, isn't it? Where you like haven't played for like over a year and a half, pretty much. It's gonna be it's gonna be. Do you get like nervous doing it or not? Totally. Every, yeah. every time. When when it's a tour and we've been doing it for a while and when the gear is behaving and you know you've got the set, then I start to kind of relax a bit. But like, yeah, the first show I'll be just like feeling like I'm going to be sick all yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah, I get nervous. You're all right. Aren't I'm you? all right. Yeah. You have a whiskey. I have a whiskey. <laughs> yeah. I level myself out. It depends on the show, really. Yeah. Um, you, you just, I'm, I'm a pacer. I just mm. pace it out. Yeah. Rather than worry, I'd be like, right, I'll just start pacing for 10 minutes before the show. Okay. Warming up, and then I'll be like, right, yeah, it's... We're on. It's, get the first song, it's like... Mm. Yeah, just go. Just I think go that's it. it. Once you're in, you're in, aren't you? And no one actually knows if you fuck up. Like, yeah. it, unless everything goes off or you, like, push the stop button. Like, no one actually knows that you're fucking up. Yeah. That's me DJing. Accidentally <laughs> over and over again. Oh, oh no, <laughs> do you guys DJ as well? Well, I attempt to and fail, but but yeah. you, you can do. And me Dave and Dave does. do. Yeah, me and Dave are big record collectors. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's a part of uh, us our set as well. Is like we 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 love mixing and DJing going out tonight. So we try to make our our set blend. Like okay. They said they're, they're always catered to the tour or mm. the certain shows, like how we're going to do it and make sure we've got blends in place. Yeah, I guess they? that does come from like either going to that DJ culture and like yeah. watch, watching it and then you guys doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like like Chemical Brothers, right? If you see them live, it's like 
very similar to a DJ set, but it's not a DJ set. It's them playing live, I guess. And I guess listening to your album, it all kind of works as a, a body of music rather than just stop, start, here's one record and here's the next. I think that's super important, though. I don't think people like appreciate it as much as as they should, maybe. Yeah, for sure. We're mm. big supporters of that, aren't we? We're yeah, big, You know, fight in that corner, definitely. How, how do you do it when you're writing an album, though? Because it's like... I don't know. That's hard work because not every track's in the same key, blah, blah, blah. Like what's the process? Or do you write an album as in, okay, this is track one, this is track two, or do you just write a shitload of records and go, this one works, this one doesn't, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, That way. Yeah. Yeah. We basically just wrote loads for like six weeks. Mm. Oh, wow. Studio just like jamming out, Mm. you know, the key, put, put the key in and press play. So we're all synced. Yeah our stations um, and yeah we just jammed out didn't we mm. or sometimes you know like we've got like little drum machines that yeah. aren't midi so it's like right let's just have a jam with this tempo and <laughs> yeah. we'll figure out the proper tempo later and the proper sequencing and programming mm. and stuff but um, i suppose the good thing for us is sometimes you'll be doing like you'll be playing one track mm. you'll go off on a tangent and something new will start yeah. and that's really good for like blending because yeah. then you've got two tracks that are kind of come from the same origin but are two different separate tracks yeah. and they're easier to blend like either in the album sense or in yeah life. that makes sense that must be yeah. fun though i didn't i didn't realize that's how you kind of wrote it's like the idea of it sounds so amazing but it must be a nightmare to actually get like a com- is it hard to like get a finished product out of jams ah oh, you've hit the nail yeah. on the head totally um yeah like that- sometimes it works though so fluidly <laughs> and then sometimes it is agonizing isn't it yeah. and you're just like why what's the missing <laughs> fucking thing here and we're such tinkerers and we're such <laughs> oh, a- I- so we go on and on and then we like we we push it into a different shape and then we don't like it anymore we have to like retract it all and then start again and yeah it's they go they all go on journeys but it's like it's kind of dictated by the song and what it needs and we just sort of a lot of trial and error so who writes the lyrics i write the lyrics um and the but i do obviously consult these guys It's like that's way too dark for us. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So do you literally as the as the, everyone's jamming, you just come up with a melody? Yeah, it's kind of melody first and maybe a few okay. odd so when we're playing live and it's like the conception of, of the track, I kind of I'll have little phrases or something that mm. might come out with a melody. So it's actually more the melody first and the rhythms. And then after we've got a bit of a track going, I'll go away and work on it mm. a bit more to get yeah. more structure and kind of beef it out. What's it like when you're playing a show and people sing your records back to you? It is so incredible. <laughs> I like, oh, it's just, yeah, it's, magic really but it's all yeah it's quite overwhelming sometimes you're a bit like oh god and then also it makes you nervous and sometimes i forget the words (laughs) they're all singing it perfectly and i'm there like (laughs) 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 oh yeah this one of my goals in life is to to write a record that people sing back to me i don't know i've done some touring with um an artist called mk who's like obviously quite commercial and 
but obviously has huge like heritage in in house from back in the days and he dj's like a live performance almost so it's like his records play he plays all of his hits pretty much and you're just like oh my god every single person in this club knows every single lyric to every single song yeah and like he could literally just like turn the music off and everyone sing it back and i'm like that's just it must just be amazing being alive, especially a live band when you guys are doing everything live and oh, it just must feel amazing. It's magic. Yeah. Do you sing? Or... I wish. I sing oh. really badly. Um, <laughs> no such thing. I don't think. I think convert most people. Winging it. And then, don't no, yeah, I, I wish I could sing. I, I have this idea that I would love to like actually play the piano properly and like do like singer songwriter vibes but i've done like loads of sessions in lockdown with other people and like writing for other people and it's just like the singer songwriter world is so different to producer world i think like just writing club records it's just so different it's fun i love it but it's you've got to practice that you got you got you don't just wake up and you're good at it yeah totally (laughs) at all i think we're quite good because it's like i feel like We've got a sort of even keel of uh, skills. Know, skills, maybe. Yeah. What, what does everyone do then? Uh, I suppose it all comes together in the same way, but I'm a bit more waffy words, <laughs> waffy words, yeah. and you guys are like bringing a bit more like drive to it, maybe with the dance kind of aspects to make it a bit more upbeat. Yeah. I don't know. It's such a mix, actually. I probably. <laughs> There's just loads of like kit really, so it's it. We've got drum machines, so it's yeah. uh, it's a case of whoever's made the drum beat, it can go from there or it can go from keys. Uh, Kate, you got a synth on on this project? I did Novation Bass Station? Yeah, which was that's a classic. It's a good one. That one, <laughs> <laughs> just basically like one <laughs> pushing one note <laughs> <laughs> and playing with the filter. <laughs> Hi, Ron. Uh, hey, cat. What's the cat called? Studio cat, Rackmount Ron. Legend. <laughs> but yeah, we so we've got some modular stuff, but uh, it's kind of just who, wh- whatever, where the melodies come from. It mm. just feeds off from there, really. Mm. Um, but when you, it's like you said, like it's a bit different singer songwriting to producing yeah. because when you're producing, there's so many layers and trying to figure it out that like me katie and dave have we've been producing all of these records generally on our own yeah for most of them. and so we've all basically learned ableton in the same way yeah mm. different stages of how much we can do and how fast we can do it i suppose this was the first album that we really broke down the tracks and tried to write them in a singer-songwriter way so okay. we kind of a backbone where we take the vocals and then we'd take the chords and put it on piano and play it over and kind of do what what we'd been told was like the campfire effect yeah, so yeah. It's like if we can play the track and it's just those bare bones but it's still like the song still holds you yeah then then you're 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 on a good one but yeah i think sometimes. i think there's some people that do it just like like let's say for instance adele like mm-hmm. although some people might not like her music but she does that the best fucking way like you don't need anything else apart from a piano and, and vocals. Yeah. yeah, it makes me wish I could sing, though. <laughs> <laughs> not, 
what pipes she has. <laughs> I know, right? She's lost a load of weight, though, hasn't she? I wonder if she's still got it. Just well, must the, be there. Yeah, she must. It's I, all in kind of head and your right? She's your vocal cords, yeah. right? Still yeah. got the power. Yeah. As long as she's eating well, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and your diaphragm. Yeah. Yeah, so you might not have as much power. I'm sure she's still pretty good. She's doing good. She doesn't really care what we say, does she? Let's be honest. She's really gassy. She was a little lady, and she had the biggest pipes of all. She, so. she had the power. <laughs> I think that yeah. it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, have you do, have you guys ever worked with a producer on on tracks? Yeah. How does yeah, that so work in like a band form for you guys? Because obviously you're quite integrated with each other. Um, good, actually. It was in a way because it was separate. Mm. We're so integrated with each other. Sometimes it's quite hard to finish, finish, and reach yeah. a um, conclusion. That's, that's like good compromise sometimes when there's just one person that's separate that's like you have to make a decision now to finish it and we'll do it otherwise mm. we'll just kind of push it around for ages and, yeah. and not reach a decision we wouldn't have um we wouldn't have got the omnitone collection finished yeah all or in time if we hadn't have got ali like that uh, charm to produce the records and help us just finish all of the tide like yeah, finish all of the tracks so there was no loose ends. Yeah, so that did... was Ali Chant of uh, Playpen Studio, which mm. we've met like ages ago, and then he's just around the corner. Oh, okay. Amazing studio. It used to be Toy Box, wasn't it? Studios. Yeah, important Square. Yeah. Portland Square. But now, yeah, just, and also kind of we learned a lot from seeing how he'd set out the studio with all the outboard stuff and like how to record properly and mm. just kind of, get a better quality of production going on yeah I, I guess i guess when somebody's producing it kind of takes that pressure of actually having to finish it because they can finish it for you <laughs> <laughs> in, a way, I, I don't, in a way i don't think we don't really trust <laughs> yeah well, you, <laughs> we, have... your sentence. <laughs> <laughs> we'd never let somebody else finish it <laughs> no we're, without having an external person it kind of like a three isn't like always the best. Yeah, there's not an like an like two against one is is unfair, isn't it? Really, yeah, so yeah. Really wants to do that. Yeah, um, but with a producer that is, you know, you're paying for their time to help you on that matter. It's like if you can trust the person who's doing that, that's the most important thing to us. Really, is being able to have that trusted sword to be like, okay, actually, I I understand and I agree with their opinion. Yeah, need to pay them if. If that wasn't the case, it would be a bit be a bit mm. weird. Yeah, we would then be like, oh, yeah, we need a different person. So, so in the, in that situation, would the producer just kind of be at the back of the room, or be actually like doing no, the engineering, or it's his studio with Ali? Okay. We've only worked with one producer, so yeah. Um, and yeah, it's 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 his studio. At the end of the day, he mm. is all of his gear. Yeah, yeah. It's just us. He's master of the Yeah. It, it, what's great about Ali's place is that he's just got so many synths and, you know, drums and instruments and piano and, you know, all of these lovely things that are all plugged in and ready yeah. to go. So you can tinker away in the corner, like, and just be on a vibraphone mm. and Katie or whoever can be recording something else. And then Ali can be like, oh, actually, I like that. And yeah. He's yeah. Like, oh, I like that too. And, you know, discuss how you're mm. going to get it down. 
and there you've got an idea. Discussion. He's like, oh, like I can hear maybe something high and then someone might jump on something and be like, what about this, what about that? Yeah, it's well, a lot of fun. We, with this album especially, we used um, we used our friends and, and yeah, close people to us to mm. listen to the record and give us feedback on, mm. you know, like because we ha- we knew we hadn't finished the production of it we we had just written and like decided on like these 15 16 songs and we just like just tell us what you think yeah. like yeah like demo stage yeah. or like one above getting to know that opinion of like what like feeling out where like a single track could be because of like how how good our mates found it or how we already felt about it and trying to clarify opinions basically that's, yeah. that's cool yeah, cuz sonically it sounds amazing as well it's not like they're not just like your all of your stuff is it's very like festival music that's what that's what i kind of like it's like festival music and don't be offended by this but it's like festival music that is like perfect sunday afternoon vibe like the sun say that again festivals and flat whites yeah exactly Brewing that. Well, you said festivals, and it were, were, flat white music gets uh, banded about a lot. Oh, really? Because <laughs> it's always on in cafes. That's like, true. Yeah. It's always on the playlist whilst, uh, you know, you're having your flat white and a toasty or something. <laughs> um, Studying so, chill playlists. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, you know, we've got like a festival booking. I think we're playing at like 12 or 1. Mm. So it, it, we our, our live show is a bit different because we, we pick it up. Oh, do you? Experiment with the... Of course, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, because the records, it's a purposeful thing, isn't it? The, we, we've intentionally made it a record so you listen to it at home and it's mm. not... Um, and a lot of the songs, quintessentially they're pop songs, yeah. some of them. But yeah. when we play them live, we can make them dance songs and that's, that's always fun. They're, po- <laughs> they're pop songs, but it doesn't feel like you're trying to make a pop song. If that no. makes sense, it doesn't feel like the quintessential pop that is played on radio nowadays. It's got a little bit more, like, or it's got a lot more, like, I don't know, feeling to it. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's kind of. It's probably why we don't play on radio. Because you're actual artist and people like, yeah, take yeah. full advantage of us. It's probably how, like, you know, we we love like Roxy music mm. and Bush. And, you know, David Bowie and like, these are pop artists, but mm. their music as well. Yeah. Yes, you hear the age of it, but they're not singer-songwriter pop yeah. music. Or it's definitely not what pop mu- music is like now, but they're mm. the people that we have yeah. learned from, really. Like, mm. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the head guy of Roxy Me? Brian Ferry. Brian Ferry. <laughs> I, did yeah. a sh- I did a show with him years ago. In uh yeah, in in Ibiza, I wasn't playing the show. I used to like work in production, and he was like headlining headlining the show, and it was interesting experience. What was it? What was he like? What? He was yeah. pretty chill. I didn't really kind of like. I just like it's the the, the passerby. We were doing like front of house, um, mm. and like mono- We were kind of it was it was a weird situation. It was in a club in Ibiza. It was for Pete Tong's Wonderland parties. I uh, know. Yeah, Wonderland parties. And for some reason, he booked Brian Ferry to do a live show. Thought it would go down really well in San Antonio in Ibiza, which it definitely didn't. These kids didn't even know who the fuck Brian Ferry was. But it was an in- it was like a nice... Yeah, they just played all of the Roxy Music stuff in oh, the really? club for like... <laughs> it was a vibe. I liked it. 
<laughs> but I like it. But I like what you guys are doing. Like one of my favorite bands is London Grammar, mm. and they do. It's kind of similar to, and obviously, I, it's a personal opinion, but it's kind of similar to what you guys do. It's like electronic-y, chilled, amazing records, if you know what I mean. And I, th I think there's like, I'm not really in that world, and there just seems to be a massive lack of support in the commercial world to like proper music like that. Because it's just, I don't know why. What do you th is there? Do you think? Do you feel the same? I don't know. Maybe people can't place it, or. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's, it's we've always been quite independent. Like we're not on a label mm. and stuff like that. So I guess I always kind of thought it was to do with that. Mm. Yeah, I and just kind of we such a slow builder. <laughs> but yeah. then, but then, I mean, if you think about London Grammar, they they are huge and massive. That like people soak that up. So like, yeah, I don't know. Would Come you ever? Would you ever sign to a label? Maybe next depending, on the, depending on the deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like kind of, I think it would have to be placed right. Like mm. the feel would yeah. have to be right. And we'd have to have a lot of creative independence yeah. with how we wanted, or, like the art and how we wanted to sell or it. collaborate, like creative, mm. equal cr creative control, you know, being able to, you know. You don't want an A&R, do you? Being like, oh, you should do this, you should do that. Like, fuck yeah, that. Would, yeah. Yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> it would not work. It's hard enough with management suggesting things on A and R. Like, just no tell way. Ross to shut up. Just be like, mate, shut up. <laughs> we get a radio editor. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. Spotify edits. Do you guys have to do them? It's some, no, like, edit. what is that? No, I fucking disagree with that. Mate. A radio edit I can get. A Spotify edit I'm not happy with. What is it? We <laughs> talked about this the other day. Can you tell us what it is? We have to, we we have to do it for for dance music now, and it's soul destroying. What, what is it? Because the the way the Spotify algorithm works is that within if there isn't a change in the music within the first like fifteen twelve fifteen seconds, the algorithm just fucks you, and it will just kind of push people away. So oh. you're kind of making, it's kind of a radio, you're making a radio edit really for Spotify. Uh -huh. So, which is crazy because people just don't hear the actual full entirety of the song. And yep. it actually breeds like like ADHD listeners that just want to click skip and don't listen to the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a spot. Like choruses right at the start. There's no yeah. nice builds or, yeah. which, oh no. Doesn't bode well for us, does it? No. <laughs> <laughs> our, only, our only source of fandom. <sighs> yeah, you can't jam on Spotify edits at all. It's just like, but then there's some people that do. I, I, well, I disagree a bit. So, I, so do I. In so, yeah. Anytime so soon. I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you make radio? Do you like making radio edits, or are you like are you disagree on that as well? Um, <laughs> we our, our general time for songs like unintentionally is normally around the four minute 30 yeah radio like, hates that don't they <laughs> yeah. we, we we always have like these like you know these build-ups at the beginning or like an intro that mm. goes there for a reason and it's so hard to cut that down or cut down the chorus or you know middle eight or something mm. uh, so when it comes to one we are really reluctant 
to do it. Yeah, we like, might skim off the end a bit. Some songs <laughs> like you can get away with, but it's not they're few far between. I think. I think it's really strange why radio and all the DSPs kind of expect that from you because it's almost like they're they're trying to sell a product that isn't actually the full product. It's like buying a pair of trousers and having them as shorts. It's like, well, what? Like they went, yeah. And it <laughs> it just like makes everything kind of weaker. Yeah. How does that work with dance music? It, it doesn't. <laughs> That's the thing. You need a, a mixing minute or yeah. whatever at the start. So are you making like Spotify edits and then dance edits? Yeah. So what's what happens a lot now is that you get all these people giving like promo in like extended versions, but technically they're just the original. So and then they're calling the original the Spotify edit, which is just weird. What we do is we we call the original edit an original edit, and then we don't call the Spotify at all, like anything. It's just it just goes on Spotify with a track title. Is it for playlists then? So it's like right, the algorithm get yeah. this, put it on more playlists, mm-hmm. and that means that it's two two spaces of revenue, isn't yeah. it? A lot of, a lot of, I've heard it a lot in, I've been doing like some pop writing for other people and they're like the shorter the better because you get more replays. So you get somebody that will hit play again. So your track can be like two minutes long and they're more likely to hit play again on the record if it's short. And you're just like, this is just a world of 30 second tracks. (laughs) So it's second dance tracks where you like get up, pop around, and then sit down. And go. Yeah. Well, it defeats the actual object of what dance music is about, right? And kind of, or just music. It's like it is about is to create an atmosphere of some sort. If you're going from like one track to another, if you just skip through your album, you'll be like, "What the fuck's this?" Yeah. It's just it's not a body of music where it should be a body of music. Like take you on a journey. Exactly. Exactly. So when you're writing, when you when you're like, okay, we want to release an album. And you're like, do you give yourself a deadline or is it like? <laughs> Ross gives us a deadline. <laughs> Fly over it. <laughs> Ross's deadline's always overly ambitious, though. Yeah. And we allow it until we get to that deadline and we're like, <laughs> Haven't even started. <laughs> no, we said that. But can you give us six more months? Yeah. Um, yeah, we give ourselves vague deadlines. Like, mm. With the album and Brexit and COVID, you know, yeah. pressing plants were already in arrears and just like, you know, so delayed yeah. on work that um, we 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 knew that it was like, right, December is the latest we need it um, sent to all manufacturing. Um, and so we, we basically managed to get that. Yeah. Like they, 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 they originally I think they said it was like September and they were like Ross came around and he was like you know the deadline's in a month and we were like yeah that's not our deadline but yeah um, thank you for the reminder we'll track on deadlines uh, are the worst yeah but it's so hard because then it's kind of you've got that making time and then afterwards you've got this hugely long like yeah. campaign time mm. and you're like could we not have eaten up a little bit of this time to make yeah. it but it's all about logistics i guess do you ever get to the point where you're like you've, you've done that album and you're like 
kind of moving on to other music and you're like, okay, we still have to talk about the album, although we're getting more excited about other music that we're doing. Mm, it definitely happened towards the end before before the the drop of the album. Yeah, gone on for so long because we'd finished it like yeah around Christmas, and then we'd been doing that all up until when it dropped, which was twenty eighth of May. Like towards that end, we were like, we're talking about stuff that people haven't heard yet, yeah. and it's really yeah. difficult to talk about stuff like that. Um, but now it's kind of giving it a new lease of life. It's it's nice just talking about talking about the music yeah. with people. <laughs> how how important is vinyl to you guys then? Because obviously, Luke, you're saying you, you collect a lot. Yeah, big, yeah. Big, big yeah. Yeah. That's, like, yeah. We sell more vinyl than we do CDs. Really? It, it's kind of, <laughs> also, it's probably not true, but we prefer yeah. selling the vinyl than the CDs. Yeah. And it's, it's always in our over. minds. Like when, when we make the album, like when we were writing the album, we always, like putting the tracks together, it needed to be like 40 minutes mm. around so that you could get it on an LP yeah. and then like kind of thinking about the artwork and especially like as a uh, whole piece. Track listing as well. You mm. know, we weren't going, oh, what's the track listing on a CD? It was yeah. like, no, what's the what are we going to be able to get away with? And then what's going to be a nice end to side A to yeah. then flip over to side B and get a different vibe? Mm um yeah that was definitely the forefront it always is at the forefront of our mind the artwork and i was going to say know. who does all the artwork and the designing because it's it's pretty cool we do we do so, yeah. all three of us yeah dave does more because we we did um we did art degrees yeah. oh really amazing uh, so dave dave did graphic design katie did fine art and i did documentary photography so yeah we all we've all got like yeah, our own little section. <laughs> we started off as artists and ended up as musicians. <laughs> and we, you know, we did a degree and we were like, okay, we're making, we've made the music. Let's use our art degree. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you this mother? Go on. <laughs> did no. you all go to uni together? Dave and Katie did. Okay, um, so is that how it all started? Yeah. And then Dave and Luke had been like friends since they were real young kids. We lads, yeah. yeah. We lads. Uh, but I went to university in Newport in Wales. So is there a university in Newport? Yeah, uh, I don't think it's there. I know it is there. It is there now still. But the course that I was doing, um, it was like one of the only in the country. There was it like was very people. famous. It was yeah. a really good course, but obviously cool. yeah. Newport's not the most happening. Yeah. Did you, did you used to party at the Cotton Club? Yeah. Yeah, man. World's famous Cotton Club. <laughs> I played I played at under 18s party there when I was like 15 and and I think there was more fights there on that night than there was on the over 18 nights yeah nice that's how you end a night in in Newport exactly make sure you're in a fight <laughs> I'm not joking that's how you end a night in Newport I'm in a fight yeah. had a good night damn TJ's it's a shame that's closed <laughs> so were you from where are you from Wales I was actually born in Newport, which is funny, but um, <laughs> I, I was—I grew up um, a, down by Bournemouth. Oh, nice! But I just went back to uni because of the course. Yeah, um, yeah, lived there for a year, and then I was like, "No, I'm moving to Bristol." Yeah, Bristol is much better, isn't it? And like fifteen minutes, yeah, like twenty, thirty minutes away. It's easy. Yeah, yeah it's so easy. It's great. Love it. Lots of nights spent out and then Luke being on the sofa and then being like, I can't go to you. When did you start making music then together? Around then, I reckon. Around then. I've got some like early recordings of us 
around then when I when I moved to to Bristol. Really it was mainly like either my house or it was mainly I I, I had the audio interface really. So it's like okay. whatever mic that I had and yeah. whoever was jamming in the room, I often was just recording and fucking around with Garage Band. Yeah, I and can't it was be asked all to like learn any, anything all. we could find. It was because we were listening to things like Coco Rosie in the mm. books, so it was all just like you know scrubbing stuff. Mm. <laughs> noises and experimenting yeah when when did it get to the point when you're like let's fucking do this let's like give it a go you're trying to pinpoint this the other day or did it just do it really you know like the way (laughs) the gear has got excessively crazier since then yeah like before, like when we started, it was literally like a, an audio interface and a mic. Mike looped over the Mike, like a lamp. The light fitting. Yeah, <laughs> you had, had the cello, and I had like drums, and me and Dave played like guitar and bass and stuff. But once the first, like when we started, like the first EP, I think like I bought an MPC and Dave bought a synth. Mm. That was kind of, and Dave started making his own guitar pedals and yeah. his own. Wow. Effect. And so it got from there, it's just basically was just us experimenting and, you know, writing the first EP with all of like these little bits in like a spare bedroom that we had. And just Um, adding and adding. Yeah. But then when we moved here, which was like our second EP, we, we then just, you know, bought a drum machine and then bought, you know, more loopers. You got a Helicon and, Mm. you know, we, 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 we've always been into loopers, so we just ended up buying more loopers that or more things that can do it so we can create more. Yeah, create more mm. layers and layers and layers until, you know, we're doing live shows and it's like we're actually getting paid for it. And it's like, okay, cool. Uh, figure yeah. out a live set. <laughs> <laughs> well, figure out how to play for 45 minutes or an hour at a festival and be like, right, yeah. boomtown, let's, let's make sure it's kicking. Yeah, because we dropped the first EP without really thinking it would do much. Yeah. And I think we were just very ill-prepared for it <laughs> so well. And, like, we were all out of the country. You were in Russia. I was in Japan. Yeah. And, like, and then we were like, oh, it's... It's doing <laughs> it's well. <laughs> People were like, shows yeah. and do you have a video yeah. and all this stuff. And we were like, no. <laughs> Which is probably why the next, those two years, it took us two years to release something afterwards. Oh, okay. Just, it, like we hadn't been taking it seriously and yeah. then we did <laughs> that's yeah. kind of cool though because it's it's very natural it's not nothing's forced right and i think that's what kind of creates longevity in a career is that you're not like obviously we all have goals on what we want to achieve but it's like if it's done naturally it's so much better yeah, yeah. i think as well we've never had a label like pounding at our door mm. so we've been doing it independently which means that it it, it has to be on our own time because yeah. we're working to to get it out. Yeah, it's like well, I'm actually. I'm. It was kind of like, it was only because the music kept doing well that we got the opportunity to be like, oh, okay, let's sack in our day job to yeah. actually do this because it is doing well. What were you guys doing for day jobs? Um, I was working at a, like a local. Um, like organic supermarket, amazing, and in the kitchen or yeah. Stack- shelves on I the like till. when you were the van man, van you, man you listen to a lot of radio four and you were full of <laughs> yeah. Ooh, have you heard this fact did, did you know, know? <laughs> general knowledge king yeah i can't remember any of it yeah i was um i was working at ardman animation oh really um in the out in aztec west yeah uh 
kind of I'd started up as a runner and then I'd gone into the art department. So making tiny things. I was going to say, were you making all the little... Yeah, doing like sets and making the small things and then dressing sets. That's it's amazing. A, it's an incredible job. I yeah. Wish I, was... <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do both. Basically. Do, do you still make crazy little things? Well, we made the Omnitone objects. So yeah. I guess that maybe that was a bit of a... <laughs> a bit of a kind of yeah that's such a cool job i was um i was in when i got my last tattoos in la i was talking to the tattooist and she was like yeah i used to be an animator at disney i was like why did you quit <laughs> like how cool would that be yeah it'd be so cool yeah what did she say <laughs> she was what? like just like i think they just make more money being a tattoo artist really and i think money talks doesn't it sometimes was it a good tattoo what did you get like, I got like traditional mum and dad tattoos on the back of my calves. <laughs> so it's like, tra- yeah, in hearts. Yeah. Um, but like done in a not shit way. Mm, like, yeah. Not like a biker gang look really. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So what's the, what's the plan next for you guys? I know that's the most boring general question that anyone ever asks, but it sounds I'm like, sorry. yeah. <laughs> we're um we're just prepping the live show which is like daunting but exciting kind of transferring all of these tracks from swimming static into like a live version so it's all clunky at the moment i was gonna say how's that process is it like a is it pulling all the stems out and then going okay how do we recreate this again yeah it's a bit of both isn't it so yeah. some of it will be new and like you're kind of like how can i recreate this sound i can't take i don't know 10 synths with yeah. me so i'm gonna have to whittle this down yeah. work out how to make those sounds or do something that's similar that gives the same kind of oomph mm. but yeah. a sound different synth yeah for sure kind of break it up so it is like when before Dave would have been playing a synth lead and also like the keys on this and uh, one guitar. arm here, one arm here and his foot up here. Yeah. The guitar Dave, dangling yeah. down. <laughs> so Dave will generally stay to like the synth and the guitars. I'll do the drums and the bass and mm. a bit of backing singing and the harmonies. Mm. And then Katie's got the um all the vocal loops and the cello. Got him singing well more. Yeah. This time. Yeah. I'm like you're going to have to do this harmony because I put loads on this album. I'm like, I don't know how to make this. The layers. I do it all with loops, so I don't okay. have any samples. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, Luke, you've got to <laughs> sing one half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. That, must be, that must be quite a fun process, though, because it's like almost bringing a new lease of life to the records, right? You're like kind of re- you're almost like remixing them. So they're like new versions yeah definitely yeah. yeah it's fun yeah reimagining especially with logistics of it because like sometimes like what you're saying with the producer so we've like shortened it down yeah. because the original jam was like 15 minutes or something mm. um, now when we're trying to do it we're trying to copy the like the song that we know that we've chopped and it's like we're gonna need to give myself uh, like we're gonna need to get give me at least two more eight bars of that because i'm not gonna get this loop in otherwise but, <laughs> hey let's figure out how we're going to feel it you know? yeah they kind of morph in that way because if someone's like oh i need an extra two bars to get this loop in or at least a contingency of like if i don't get it in the first time i can get it in the second time mm. but then you've got to kind of 
make that bit exciting yeah. <laughs> while someone's doing it in. So it's not just like, here's me trying to put a loop in. Um, yeah, so then they kind of morph and change. Are you there. running on a click track or anything? Just me just MIDI on the drums. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just the drum machine. Yeah. So the drum machines are click, I guess. So it's either a kick or a... Okay. The, mm. the, the two? What is it? One, two... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> talking nonsense. Live uh, from Elder Island. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's not a click track, but yeah, it's uh, it's a drum machine. Amazing. Uh, we Makes might we time. might have a click track in the future. We're, we're, we're trying to get sometimes. a new in-ear system, so it is mm. trying to figure out. Sometimes we need it, because like, sometimes you do those like nice, whoppy intros yeah. uh, without the, the beat, and then you come in, but if we're on like a day where we're all tired, it's like really slow. And then when everything comes in, it's like working from Drum first. and bass. <laughs> yeah. but, uh... I kind of like that sometimes. I like it. <laughs> do, you, do you guys wear in-ear monitors or are you literally just like, yeah? Yeah, we kind of have to really because of, um, because of the loops. Yeah. Like if uh, we, we have done it without and also just knowing our own like hearing like nuances yeah. for me anyway our like hearing yeah. nuances of just the drums and whether i'm sending too much reverb at yeah. certain point it's like it's just it's just it's changing. too technical to get lost in the like monitor sort of yeah. i mean it's, Loudness, it's yeah. sad because you don't get that like um, I was gonna say that. Yeah. a kickback though from mm. from from, the, from PA, the pa yeah. like when we did roundhouse it's like you're in an echo chamber essentially. Yeah, yeah. You're in the little bass corner, yeah. Really. So, like, and just if you, when it does go up to bigger shows like that, you are really battling with it sometimes. Really, yeah, yeah. Because I've the the whole thought of an in ear monitor is like for me, it just would be completely kill the vibe of the atmosphere, right? But you're what you're doing is a lot more technical to what I'm just pushing buttons. You. But, it's the feel of it as well. Like mm. I have to have like a bass cab or yeah. something that gives me low end so I can feel yeah. when the kick is in yeah. and when like the bass is going because if I don't have that, there's no way I can vibe to yeah. the night. Yeah. And like I'm trying to do these drops, but I need to feel me take it out to put it back in to no, know it's actually working. Yeah. Um, you, you guys don't really normally have a speaker, but I need that low end just to feel it. Otherwise, I can't do it with the mic because I loop yeah. so much. It just like mm. makes a big ring of feedback. That makes yeah. sense. I get and that. That you can stand yeah. on. You can like stand on a platform and the platform vibrates. Yeah, drummers have it a lot. Really? Yeah. You can Apparently, get those sub packs as well, can't you? What? Have you a seen the sub pack? What, on your back? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm going to listen to that. You should get that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling down today. Put it on. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm at a sub night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of producers wear them, in, especially in like studios where they can't have like super loud. So it's literally just like a backpack, tiny backpack. It's like a camel back, you know, like those ones you go hiking on. And you get a little straw. Yeah, literally. Is he looking at it now? They're they're pretty. Yeah, it's just called sub pack. Can you use it recreationally? Yeah, you can link it to your headphones as well. Sub pack. Let me. Oh my gosh! It is the future. Kind of looks like a stab vest, though, doesn't it? 
do I want that vibe? Like, you start making drill in here. I'm like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> Hamish that. Pre-order now. They're kind of cool. Hey, well, don't worry. I've got it. You should get one. I could see you rocking up on the on the stage with your little back. 700 quid. Is it 700 quid? 700 quid, yeah. Jeez. Ships from the USA, so expect duties. <laughs> that is pricey. Yeah. Did you say people were using it for studios? Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people on on their website. I don't know if you can see that, but a lot of people put it on the back of the chair. Oh, Ooh. So, nice. yeah, it's a clever idea. Hmm. I remember when they launched. They launched years ago, um, but it, it seems to be. They seem to be pretty popular. Hmm. Wonder if they do artist price. <laughs> peasant, peasant price. <laughs> We're independent. We don't have enough money. <laughs> do you do you like releasing independently? Yeah, just yeah. got like, so much more control over everything. Really, a lot more pressure. It's a lot more work. But then it is a lot more. Work. I think yeah. that's why I'm kind of nearly ready to go with something else because it's just so much. What type of label would you want to go on though? Would it be like Ninja Tune? Like, is there like different record labels that are like? Yeah, Ninja Team would be awesome. Ninja. We're a huge I guess fan Warp of Ninja. wouldn't take us. Warp wouldn't take enough. us, but that's that would be you know up there in the in the top. Um, Warp would be Excel, amazing. Yeah, you know, wouldn't take us, but why wouldn't they? Well, I don't know. It's he's it's Richard Russell, isn't it? He's just so I don't know. He's got an ear for what he likes. Yeah. Have you I, read I, his book? No. Oh, no. It's. I, d- I don't read books, but um, the I listen to it, the audio book. It's unbelievable. Audiobook. Yeah, nice. Because okay, it's, go- it's good because I've got too many books at the moment, and <laughs> um, I'm reading a can one, and it's doing me in because oh, it's like, really so interesting. And I've like read three pages, and I'm like, oh, why do you keep going on? Yeah, the Richard Russell audiobook's got. It's got interviews from his artists in there, so it's got like where where in the book what his artist would say. The artist actually says it. It's unbelievable. It's like got Keith Flint in it as well. It's just it's amazing. Cool. Oh, that's a really good recommendation. Mm. Yeah, sure. But yeah, what- no, he he wouldn't take us, but <laughs> <laughs> that would be beautiful. who else? Um, there's yeah, I'm. There's not many labels out there that are like really strong. This might, I might just not know, but no. it doesn't feel like there's many record labels, like indie majors, I guess, because that's what they are, isn't it? Like that are really, really strong. Because London Grammar is done by Ministry of Sound. Is it? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, they do Ministry, um, which is kind of a major, I, th- I guess. Yeah, I, I guess they're, they're all they're all they're all majors. They're all made like all of yeah. the indies are just like subsidized by someone. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were talking about the kind of web. I'd love yeah, to the see Vegas banquet and, the, you know, the Vegas banquet, or like, but or just like if it was all of the indies starting and then like how they kind of yeah, whittle yeah. down into your Sony's and yeah, I'd love yeah. to see that. <laughs> well, it's it's like is it is it Universal that just own practically everything? Universal mm. slash Warner, just uh, and you don't realize how many sub labels are just underneath them. There's like I can't remember which one, but one of the, one of them has like five dance record labels, and they all compete against each other. And you're really? just like, what? Like, can't you just, <laughs> can't you just work together and be nice? 
that would be a better, yeah, better place. (laughs) Something needs to change. (laughs) What What is it that you'd want a label to do though? Uh, It's the kind of outward. It's the promotion, isn't it? Like we, like PR and that sort of side of things, like social. It just takes so much time away from actually making music. Could you not pay somebody to do that? can't find the right person will yeah, and <laughs> um, the right pr company what are you yeah. looking for well we really wanted to go with um with a nine pr nine pr yeah this time but um they were so busy. busy we couldn't get on it and then it's, it's just quite interesting find just trying to find the right match do you think pr is important uh if you want the bigger grander things i guess like the radio mm. plays and i guess I suppose it's a territory that like you it's could spend time yeah. learning about, but mm. at the same time then you're spending more time learning about PR yeah, than like making yeah, music uh, you know, we, on the record. We've always done well with our music organically, like through Spotify and getting on yeah. playlists stuff, mm. regardless of like the time of, of our songs. So we've always like angled towards that because we know that we can't afford the money of a radio yeah. plugger or you know, or a huge press campaign. And it's just something because we know of the affordability. Mm. I feel like, you know, the the majors or the indie majors already have the door. They mm. it, they they are the door. Mm. They are the people that are inside on the radio on and that market is just it, it, it opens you up to so many people to hear your music yeah. so much more. It's not that I want to do bigger shows. I just it, it'd be nice for people to hear it that it, haven't heard it and always be like, oh, yeah, who might like, like it? It's, all, yeah. it's the outcome, isn't it? It's the outcome of more people listening to your music. It's more people listen to your music through radio. They follow you on Spotify. They follow you on Instagram, which then means you could sell more tickets. That's kind of kind of yeah. it, isn't it? Which I I think there's ways around it though. Nowadays, I'm literally, I li- I'm literally have been ha- having the same battle for like years and just trying to find the right people to do it and. Yeah run a label don't you see yeah i i just don't i don't think quintessential like what we think of pr actually is beneficial nowadays mm. i oh, think the way it works you're basically paying people to they could do nothing and it, it, it they you could still just have make up them. a website yeah, with totally. just jargon on it and just a bunch <laughs> of pictures that are fake bands yeah and just, oh i've got you on this <laughs> and it's like, it, happy though because like 10 Likes on Instagram is exactly. not a real. This is they're catfishing bands. Exactly. Luke's got a proper conspiracy theory about PR. I I agree with you, mate. Like I think it's a, the biggest load of bullshit ever nowadays. Because I'm confused how it works. Like it surely it is the the only people that can do it are the people that own all of these companies. I don't know. Like it's it just for me like it, back in the day being being on like the front cover of a magazine being like when people actually used to read magazines it would be better for everything if you know what i mean but i just think nowadays you don't there's other ways to build it like for me at this moment in time i'm i'm like looking at bringing on like a marketing company to like more so just work on like ad buying and things like that Mm. for social media and i think if let's say for instance you were spending three grand a month retainer for a pr company or you spent three grand a month doing ads on Facebook, Instagram, whatever works for you guys. I think you'd achieve so much more. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess. I uh, mean, that's what we. I guess that's kind of like what we've done because we've working through a distributor and getting money through that to then push it into mm. ads. Yeah, similar, similar thing. And yeah, it's just about knowing how these ads work <laughs> and where yeah. the money's been spent. And also mm. finding somebody that's like willing to do it at a good price because ad buys are so expensive. It's, it's almost turning like PR agencies where you're like, you're how much a month to do what? The mad thing now is like a lot of the big um, online uh, like press places are taking money for articles and things for that sort of press, which is crazy way of doing it. But I guess in a way, you like you, you, you could save up money and then get yourself on the front cover of whatever and just pay for it. Yeah, but you're just selling their you're just selling their magazines for them. What are they doing? <laughs> it just annoys me so much. It annoys me so much, and it's like what, like. Politics, yeah. Yeah, what's it about? Like, we just want to fucking release good music and and yeah. and people to list to be able to listen to it. Even like the the streaming platforms. Like, I know you guys do really well on Spotify, but even those platforms, if you think about how much they pay you, like considering on how much work you put in to it, it's just not worth it. Yeah, I mean that they, they've helped us as much as yeah. But it is like on a, on a grand scheme of things. On the grand scheme, yeah. It, yeah, the amount of money that they must have made from Ada. Exactly, that's the, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. And it's like the whole with, with um, uh, like I think Spotify did like a tip thing, didn't they, during COVID, where people could kind of donate to artists for through their artist page. And it's like, well, yeah. if you if you just paid the artist a little bit more. <laughs> Like, totally. think how many more artists would be able to get that like foot in the door, get that up, and, and carry on making music. Well, just think how much better, how much more better music there will be out there for everyone to listen to. Totally, which would make the world happier. Fair <laughs> wage, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. So, have you got dates in the UK, or has COVID kind of fucked it? No, we're going ahead with it. It's all in October, October. November. Yeah. So starting in Brighton, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Sunny Brighton. Uh, I can't remember what the date is, actually. But it's in October. Is it on your Instagram? Oh, it yeah, is, yeah. Check let, it out. Let me pull it up quickly, and then we can it's reel them off, do the promo bit. It's going to go for a week. Oh. <laughs> Just tell the world that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't have... I've only got your North America tour. Oh, oh no. No, 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 no. I've got your UK and Waffle Island tour. Brighton Chalk on the 9th of October. Yeah. Newcastle. That that is a rough that routing is rough. No, there's time in between so we can stop off. I think cuz cuz it got rebooked so many times there's loads of like gaps. So. Have, a, have a word with Ross on that one. He needs yes. to sort himself out. about <laughs> lots of driving and we will be driving that one. So. You driving can't fly that. No, we wouldn't fly it. <laughs> also, we just got too much stuff to fly. I would it. definitely fly that. <laughs> I can't do this. What about the Earth, man? Oh, is is that why you wouldn't fly it? I think it's part of the reason, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Also, like the logistics. <laughs> We've got a van load of stuff. True. It would be ex- pretty easy jet. It'd be pretty expensive on easy jet, wouldn't it? <laughs> I like driving the big vans, to be fair. I quite enjoy it. Do you drive it yourselves or do you have oh, a driver? Yeah. Yeah. We take turns. So 
but I quite like it also because on tours, I try not to speak in between the shows if we're doing like back to back shows. Um, so when you're driving, you can just like listen to the music and it's okay if I'm being mute. <laughs> does, does your voice take a proper toll when you're on the road? It does. I've, I've kind of, I've learned more about it along yeah. the way, but that, that one America tour that we were talking about where I lost my voice, um, it really made me, I had to really research into how to kind of keep a longevity to it. Yeah. Uh, change my way of singing really. And, um, looking after yourself and lots of sign language in between <laughs> it's such a mad thing like as, yeah as like musicians and like for me like dj and stuff it you don't think about having to rest your voice and then you got all your singer friends that are like yeah i'm out for the like you ha- you 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 can't do a show if you can't sing where like we can still push buttons and <laughs> still turn up no matter what I reckon, I reckon you get knackered up by the end of it, though, because there must be so much adrenaline when you're DJing, right? Well, I think it's like doing like eight hour shows. That's that's when you're doing like really long sets. It's amazing during it, but it's like a proper workout. It's like yeah. it's good fun, though. But again, it's people don't realize it's the same. Well, to be fair, it's more so for you guys because you're traveling as a band. It's like the amount of traveling in between the shows is a full time job. It's yeah, and that kind of. I don't know if it's, it must, must be the same, but DJing kind of that finishing a show, going and getting like not enough sleep mm. in a hotel or in the bus or whatever. And then, and then usually getting up and then that next bit of travel yeah. and then starting it all over again. Have you, um, have you read the book, Matthew Whitaker, Why We Sleep? <gasps> no, but um, actually Ali Chant of Playpen Studios was talking to me about <laughs> name drop and it sounds nuts but it did it verified the fact that dave always wants to work in the evenings and he okay. was talking about how it's from like when we used to sleep collectively you'd have watchers that would watch for the first half of the half of the evening and watches mm. in the morning and it's whether like you're a morning person or an evening person okay that's why I didn't like the book. It's like, no, we can't be working it for at the evening. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read it yet, but I've listened to a podcast that he was interviewed and it was like shit scary on like how unhealthy it is not to sleep or not to have that much sleep and like the effects that it has on your body when you're just like aimlessly not like having like three, four hours a night and you're like, oh my God, every touring musician is fucked pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's like an endurance thing, isn't it? Just really is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun though. It's definitely worth it. It's definitely yeah. worth it. Right, guys, we've just done an hour and 15 minutes. Oh. Let's wrap this <laughs> motherfucker up. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, how can people follow you and do all of that? Let's do the promo bit. Oh, just um, surreal socials, everything, or www.elderisland.com. You can reach anything from there. It is your hub. Smashed it. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Go get the vinyls. Um, thank you so much for being on, and let's let's try and catch up in America. Yes, yeah. totally. Amazing. Be amazing. Cool. Thank you, guys. Keep safe. See you soon. Thanks, Bye. And that is a wrap. Absolutely loved that. Um, super nice conversation. Love those guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Keep safe. Share it. Subscribe. Comment. See you soon.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.